Well, hello there, HW here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 28, 27, I don't know, I'm not going to look right now. We're somewhere around 27, 28 on these things. Uh, I'm not on my porch. It's getting too cold this time of year to be out on the porch at this hour. Uh, It is the afternoon. I have just um, uploaded uh, the JM Proto pack. Actually, it was a couple hours ago I did it. It's like midday right now. And uh, just business as usual, you know, putting a pack out. Uh, This is a very popular one. I'm not going to talk a ton about the pack on this. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about it anymore after this, actually, on on the podcast for this episode, although I am going to do an episode about it. I'm going to run through some profiles. I'm going to talk about the profiles and uh, how we how we built this thing. There's a cool video up there, but I'm going to talk about the amp and everything, and kind of kind of do it all that way. Um, and I've got some. There's some cool tone junkie announcements coming up. We're working on some great stuff. Hopefully, going to be working with some other people. Um, I've got just a ton of stuff to announce uh, coming real soon. This was like kind of some big moves coming up for Tone Junkie. So this was the first big thing, John's amp. Uh, there's a couple other big amps I'm eyeing and some partnerships that we're, we're getting into. So we're really excited about those things. I can't announce them right now because uh, I want them to have their, I want them each to have their day in the sun. And I don't want uh, to overshadow uh, what is happening right now, which is this. Right now, what a time to be a guitar player. You can, you can, pl- you can't play the actual amp, but you can play such a close recreation of an amp that John Mayer plays. There's a, there's a very popular YouTube video of him playing what I believe is this amplifier. It makes sense that this would be the first prototype. He has a beanie on and he's in the two rock, you know, kind of garage area playing an amp that's all opened up and they're modifying the circuit while he sits there with them and he's playing it and it sounds great. He's got the black one strat. If that's not this amp, I don't know what version that would have been because that's a custom reverb chassis. This one's built in a custom reverb chassis, um, and this is Proto 1. I'm imagining that was Proto 1. I doubt they made a prototype and then made a Proto 1 and handed it to them, although maybe, but whatever. It's that circuit, right? It's that amp. Um, what a time to be a guitar player that you can you can just go learn the chops and you can then sit down and almost play his amp. What a time to be a guitar, really. I mean, just tremendous stuff. I said I wasn't going to talk about it a lot. Now I'm talking about it. I'm going to get off this subject. Um, But wow. And we've got some big partnerships. Tomorrow I'm going into the studio with somebody to begin what is going to be a large collection of Kemper profile packs coming from a very big name guitar player. Somebody we sat down with and we said, hey... um, Someone who's using the Kemper on the road a bit, and um, we had some interaction with, and then we started talking, and they said, let's, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, what about working together? I said, okay, what are, you, what are you thinking? And, you know, they said, well, do you think we should do a pack? And I said, man, you have such a collection. We should do a collection. You have such an amp collection here. We should do a collection of packs. And um, so I'm really excited to be working with this gentleman. Oops, I just narrowed it down to half the population. I said it's a gentleman. It is. It's a gentleman. 
Um, although I'd love to work with, uh, you know what? Someone just friended me on Facebook and I was like, ah, what is this? A fake account? You know, those fake accounts, like a pretty profile, like a, you know, like a pretty girl in a profile. And you're like, this is just someone trying to steal my info and they add you, you know, and it's like, what? And it's like, no, you look and it's like one, one friend in common. And then you look and it's like, it's like, you know, some like older single guy. And you're like, of course he's gullible falling for this. So you, you click to see if it's a fake profile and, and they're always fake, right? I click on one, I was like, but it wasn't, like, you know, a lot of times those those profile photos are a little bit risque. You know, they send, they do it to guys. They send out these, like, risque profiles. And then they're like, hey, want to be my friend? You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know where the scam ends. I, I, I always reject them. But um, I basically uh, just, I, I basically, uh, this one popped up and it wasn't really, it was just a normal looking kind of girl. And, and, and. I said, I don't, this is one friend in common. And it was like somebody in the, in the Kemper group. I was like, huh? So I click on it and all of a sudden there's this chick playing a silver sky, playing a Kemper. And I go, oh shoot. Oh shoot. Even the, even the ladies are jumping on the Kemper bandwagon now. So I figured, you know, uh, the new pack got her attention and, and she's a tone junkie, uh, fan who has added me on Facebook, which everybody adds me. And, uh, I just kind of accept a lot of people on Facebook now. If you ever try to add my personal Instagram, I, I, I didn't really know how to use Instagram for a while. And, um, then when I started using Instagram more, I still didn't even know where the, where the notifications go that tell you how many friends, like requests you have. Cause I might think such a private and I kind of use my Instagram just for my pictures of my kids. So I try not to add like everybody I know, you know, like just people I know over the internet. It's like, if you don't, I don't put Kemper stuff up there. So if you don't want to see pictures of my kids, I'm just like, yeah, you're not interested in my kids. I'm not going to add you. I have the tone junkie page for that. But, uh, I go looking in there. I have over 300 requests <laughs> to follow my personal Instagram page, which it made me feel quite famous. It really did. I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm famous enough to have 300 requests, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, not, uh, not famous enough to ever. I did get recognized one time in public as being HW. Uh, at like a non-Kemper event, which I thought was very cool. I was like, wow, this is, whoa, this guy like saw the YouTube channel. Because, you know, you go to a Kemper event and it's like, hey, there's uh, there's HW, there's uh, there's Michael Britt. There's, uh, I mean, you know, there's only like, there's only like five of us in this community that, uh, that are, uh, you know, that, that make content and stuff. I mean, there, there's a bunch of profilers and everything, but anyway, okay, so seven minutes in, let's focus on what we want to talk about here. Um, the pack's out. Everything's great. We got a bunch of great stuff coming up. You know, I was over at the Sousa's place. Me and John and the Sousa were together and we were working on some stuff. And I realized he said something to me and it really started making me think. He actually said something to me that I've been thinking already. And um, when he said it, I was like, yeah, man, I'm feeling that way. I have hinted on this podcast that I've been thinking about building a pedal board again. Because I've been all Kemper. And... Um, Oh, another thing I want to talk about. I'm doing a live record, and I'm and we're we're do, I've been working on this live record. That's another reason I've been so busy. Um, I'm doing a live record with my church, me and the other guitar player. It's all Kemper. We've been writing a bunch of parts. I'm really excited about this record. Um, we're going to be recording it live, and then we might trash all the guitars and then just do them over again in post. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
but it's going to be great. Anyway, okay, I've been all Kemper. It's going to be an all Kemper record. Me and him are both all Kemper. He he does use a pedal board into his Kemper. I'm using um, uh, you know, all Kemper live setup. But in the studio, he usually uses all Kemper live setup uh, because he didn't have a remote until just recently. But now he's got a remote. Anyway, he's actually the husband. You know who he is? Do you remember that band Super Chick? He's actually the husband of Trisha from Super Chick. Um, and he's a music producer out here and, uh, is my buddy, Nick. And, uh, we, uh, we play together at this church out here, me and maybe two other guitar players play at this church pretty regularly. Anyway, so me and Nick are doing this live record. It's going to be great. I've been really, but, but you know, what's happened? The Sue said this thing to me and it hit me because I've been thinking, so Kemper, 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 John Mayer pack, live record, dial in these tones, got to get this tremolo right, this thing right, all this stuff. We're t- I'm talking about, I've been talking about using uh, w- with my buddy Nick, the, the octave up effect, like a pog style effect more on some of the leads and, and parts that we've been working on. And the Sue says to me, HW, I got to ask you a question. I go, yeah. And I could tell he was like looking for advice. I could tell by his voice. He's like, what should, like, I could sell all this stuff and get like $1,000. Or should I build a small pedal board? And he points to all of these pedals on his shelf. And I realize he has laid out what would be a secondary pedal board. Like, it's gotten to the point with the Sue's just collecting these pedals and getting stuff over time that even though he has a full board built, plus he has HX effects sitting up on his shelf, plus he's got like four more pedals. And then he had like basically five things out and it was like an ego compressor. It was, um, a DOD rubber neck. It was, uh, a Strymon L cap. Um, it was, uh, oh, the Screddy, uh, lunar module. It was like enough to almost to like, and then there was like a reverb. Oh, the true spring reverb from, uh, Ventress, Ventress, true spring reverb, which is a great, great reverb pedal. Uh, really great. Probably the best digital representation of a spring out there that, um, so, so I said the Ventress True Spring. I meant Source Audio True Spring. They make the Source Audio Ventress and the Source Audio True Spring. And the True Spring is sort of like the new mini Ventress, uh, but it does a lot less, but, it's a very cool pedal. It, see, Source Audio is smart. They, they, they basically made what is the best digital spring reverb out there that I've heard in a pedal anyway. It's, it, I mean, it blows everything else out of the water. It's better than the Kemper spring, blah, blah, blah. Now, the Kemper reverbs that are coming out are tremendous. But um, in terms of the, what sounds like a spring reverb, I mean, this thing sounds like there's a spring sitting next to you in the amp. Uh, it sounds really great. I mean, you could tell the difference probably if you have a real spring in this pedal, but... In terms of pedals, it's tremendous. And I think they, they put that out in the Ventress, the vent, the big Ventress, you know, reverb pedal, which does all this stuff. And I think they realized not everyone's looking, like the type of people who want a spring reverb aren't always looking for, um, you know, a big super pedal. So this, this um, Ventress, I'm sorry, this Source Audio True Spring is sort of like their competition for the Flint. It does a tremolo. You can add a secondary effect to it, you know, and it's, so it's got some cool stuff going on. Anyway, the Sue's got a whole pedal board there and he's like, you know, I just miss pedals. And I'm like, bro, I miss pedals too. He's like, I think I want to build another board. I got my board here, but I'm not even using it. Now I can build a whole second board. Like, should I just get rid of this stuff? 
he's saying this too while the Line 6 power cab is sitting under his desk. And we joke because he hasn't used it in like two months. It's in the same spot every time I go over there. It's just sitting there in the same spot. It doesn't move because he didn't need it. I don't know why he bought it. Anyway, he he basically... Um, he he basically is is going, I miss pedals. And you know what? I miss pedals. So hey, Tone Junkie audience, is anybody else on Kemper and miss pedals? Because I do. I mean, I miss pedals. Now let me explain here. I miss like the romance of pedals. Now I keep a large number of pedals. I, you want me to count? I'm okay, I'm just like walking around my downstairs right now as I record this. I'm I'm just strolling around. And by the way, even when I do podcast 2.0, because I'm building the podcast studio, we just started building it, the equipment's on its way, we're going to do that stuff, there's going to be video version, I'm making it so it's super easy to do video and audio for podcasting. Um, but while I'm doing this, um, I'm still, I'm still going to do this, where I just talk into a phone and just like blabber about stuff. I'm going to count the pedals in here, you ready? Here's just the pedals I can see as I stand here. I'm going to miss some. But just on my desk, there's one, two, three pedals, okay? Now, up here on, on a couple shelves here, I've got an old original Deluxe. And here's what they are. I'm, I got a full-tone OCD, uh, oh, great overdrive. And these are all pedals that I love. I keep around. And I keep them around for different reasons. Some of them profiling. Some of them are too cheap. I don't feel like selling them. I feel like I'd rather just have them sticking around. And some of them are just so great, I have emotional reactions to them, you know? I love doing pedals. Like this OCD pedal... You know, I have uh, a, I have one of the best videos on the OCD up on YouTube. The audio is not good because I didn't know anything about mic. I didn't know I didn't know you couldn't. Um, it's fine. I used the fat. I wasn't really. I hadn't used the fat head much when I made this video, and uh, but it since it's become one of my favorite microphones. And so I just started talking into it, and because um, it was just sitting around, and uh, and then I put it through my and then I listened to the audio through my 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 speakers on my laptop. And you couldn't hear any bass out of that thing. And I was like, this is great. Then later I listened to some speakers and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. It's atrocious. It's like popping and all this stuff. Anyway, I've got a full-tone OCD here, version 1.4. This was my main overdrive for years, for like a decade. And I still think it's a great drive. Um, I'm used to some other stuff now. I'm just using profiles. But um, my main profile that I use is a, is a profile of a King of Tone pedal. Um, I got this Clinch FX EP Pre, which is a clone of an EP3 preamp, which is really cool. Um, I've got a, um, a prototype of a Tone Junkie pedal and another prototype of a Tone Junkie pedal. And then look, I'm just looking around here. I got a Ditto. I got a Black Falcon Overdrive, uh, which is a clone of a Rat. Um, I got the Doc, the Mr. Fusion Overdrive from Jason Gortney. I got a Boss DM2 I could sell. I don't need that. Holy cow, there's a beaver in my backyard. It's enormous. Wow. Oh, shoot. Wow. That's like a dog. What the heck is that? Is that a beaver? Oh, he's lo oh that is a beaver. Wow, so behind my house, and you know, a lot of people haven't seen this, you know, been a Picasso Day tone junkie. Boy, is he gonna build a dam? I just tapped on the window. He's not looking at me though. I'm about I'm about 25 yards from a beaver right now. Less than that, probably. He's right on the other side of my trampoline. 
a lot of people don't realize this, but um, uh, I mean, why would anyone realize this unless you come over to my house? But I have always looking right at me. Okay, well, I we don't have any guests today, but this beaver is the closest thing we're going to have to a guest on the podcast. Yeah, he can hear me. He can hear. He knows something's up. He knows something's up. Anyway, um, yeah, dude, he's big. But his tail's not as, like, flat as I feel like I've seen in beaver books. Maybe I'm reading the wrong beaver books. But, dude, this is a fat beaver. This is the size of my old dog. Anyway, if you've been to my house, you know um, that my house backs up to um, a creek. But I can't see the creek. It's what they call a water buffer in the south. Uh, they use a lot of, like, I'm from California originally, so we had reservoirs, and the reservoirs run off from mountain water. So as snow melts in the mountains, it runs off, and then it fills up reservoirs, and, and public water usually comes from reservoirs. Um, you know, they would take a lake or a something, and they would um, dam it, and then that becomes like a reservoir where they're literally holding a bunch of water. I guess that's not totally different, but um, out here, um, I don't know where the water comes from. It's not as good. Uh, but there's all these rivers running around here, you know, lots of rivers in, in Tennessee. And uh, there's, a, there's a little creek that feeds a larger river that goes through the city of Franklin. And then that Harpeth River dumps into the uh, Cumberland, which is the large river that connects to the Mississippi. Uh, and that's how why there's like trade and stuff around why Nashville is, is a city. Anyway, um, that that and uh, uh, you know guitar music. Uh, but anyway, this beaver um, is I guess he's emerged from the creek there because and the reason I can't see the creek is that here it's called a water buffer and there's signs that say please don't disturb this water buffer like don't throw trash in it. They don't even want you to cut or mow it. So my homeowner association out here just like leaves it alone. You know, they mow, my property goes back, it stops, and then there's and then uh, there's maybe, um, it's not a big property, I have like a quarter acre, I mean, it's just a normal kind of lot for this neighborhood. But this, this backyard goes back, and then it stops, and then there's maybe, um, I don't know, is that, um, that's 20 feet, maybe, to, uh, to a small marker, which says, hey, lawnmower man, don't mow past here. And then that's just like thick brush with big trees, big old trees. I mean, these trees must be 60, 70 years old or something. Um, I Actually, I'm making that up. They're just very tall. I'm looking at trees that are smaller, and I'm just extrapolating how tall. Like I'm looking at a tree that was planted when we got here two years ago, and then I'm looking at that giant tree. It's like, yeah, that's that's going to take at least another 30 years to get that big. Anyway. Getting some horticulture knowledge on the Tone Jiggy podcast. But there's just a beaver. He's just out there just just chomping away. I don't know on what. Is he going to build a dam? Oh, he just ran. Oh, he heard something. Oh, I bet it was those kids next door. Oh, he's running. Wow, he's fast for a big guy. Well, he's out of here. He's definitely out of here. I can't see him anymore. He went clear past my neighbor's property and back into some trees. Okay, what were we talking about? I miss petals. Uh, speaking of uh, beavers, I got a big muff around here, Petal. I do have a big muff. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was, was that a crude joke? In my head, that was a, like, real association. <laughs> anyway, okay, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> here we go. Um, no, I got a ton of petals here, and um, uh, I got, like, some, you know, I got some stuff for the Kemper Emission Engineering. Oh, shoot, I just realized I got to get back to somebody. I was going to buy another expression petal. 
Anyway, um, Deluxe Memory Man, I'll never sell that. I made a record a long time ago, and the only thing I used was my Strat, an orange amp, an orange AD30 amplifier, and the Deluxe Memory Man. And I just dialed in all these delay chorus-type tones right on that thing, and it just sounded so good. And I should for free put out like some uh, timeline um but only one tone junkie has timeline or big sky stuff anymore. I should put that out though because we dialed in a bunch of different delays. We dialed in the timeline to sound almost indistinguishable from my real DM2 and from my real Deluxe Memory Man. Uh, but the trick to the Deluxe Memory Man, if people don't notice, there's a little preamp in the Deluxe Memory Man. And it's actually not really a preamp. What it is is um, there's a little booster pedal. The, the, um, the old... EHX EP1 booster is actually built into every Deluxe Memory Man pedal. Yeah, and on the big silver boxes, you know, you basically, it's literally uh, an EHX EP1 boost, which used to be its own pedal. And even before it was on pedal, I had a version of the EP1 boost um, that was so, is it the EP1? I think it is power, maybe PB1, I don't remember. But um the little booster that they have, just a it's called a linear boost pedal. And um, I had one that wasn't even a pedal. It had the male part of a quarter inch jack hardwired, like, like just soldered in, sticking out the side of a box. And you would plug that into your amp and then plug into this. And then you could use that as a volume control to get your amp louder, which is just putting a booster in front. But they, they weren't using, you know, cables at the time. I guess pedals were so rare. But anyway, um, yeah, there's a real booster, uh, an EP booster built right in front, um, linear LP, LP one is what I'm thinking, not EP, the LP one, there's a real linear power booster. That's what it's called. The LPB one. Uh, it's one of the earliest electro harmonics pedals. Jeez. If you wanted to play a drinking game, you could play one around how many times I just said EP booster, LPB, EP, and all those variations. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's built right into the pedal. And so there's actually a boost that happens before the delay in the Deluxe Memory Man. And if you really want to nail the Deluxe Memory Man sound, you got to kind of capture that. Okay, so I've got the OCD and everything all before the Beaver. I was talking about pedals. The OCD, I got that. I got a John Mayer-inspired TS-7. You know, he had the old TS-7. Uh, did he have that or did he have the TS-10? I don't remember. Anyway, a Busta Grande, BBE Busta Grande. Here's a pedal that's completely worthless to me. If someone was like, give me this pedal or one penny, I'd be like, does anyone have a penny? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I would probably look at the penny and then keep the penny. Like literally this pedal is worthless to me. Um, it's, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't do anything I like. But the thing is on reverb, they go for like $20 or less. So I'm like, screw that. I'm just going to keep it on this shelf. Then I've got the um, the slow engine, which is the more slow engine, which is um, a recreation of a Boss slow gear, which is a great drive. Which it's a, it's a great um, auto swell kind of pedal. I've got the Horizon Precision Drive, and that's just straight up like four profiling. I have that for some heavier amps. I have a little clone too of the of the Boss DM2 delay pedal, uh, but it broke. I gave it to the Susan. He gave it back to me immediately, and was like, "This doesn't work." And I was like, "It, it did when I gave it to you." But, um, oh, well, you know, I didn't care. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it worked when I gave it to him. I hadn't used it in a long time. I have a little, um, 
a little switcher that sends MIDI signal. Is this MIDI? It's a little switcher that could switch a timeline or a um, or a, a Strymon pedal that John Two built for me. John Two can build pedals every now and then. Uh, you know, I got a couple of tube screamers, a TS eight hundred eight, an SD one. If anyone is looking for an eight hundred eight, or you're just like I, you really like the 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 eight hundred eight sound, but you want something a little different, and you're just bored, go on Reverb and just get a Super Overdrive pedal from Boss. It's the Boss SD one, Super. I guess SO1 was taken. You'd think it would be Super Overdrive 1, SO1, but no, it's Super Overdrive SD1. The SD1 is very similar to a TS-808, except it uses asymmetrical clipping. And I don't even, don't even get a Japanese one or anything like that. Just get a cheap Taiwanese one any year, doesn't matter. They sound great. They work, use it the same way you use a, um, a Tube Screamer, and it works really well. Um, I got a pedal I built here. It, it, I believe it's actually, what are those, an MXR2, is it MXR, or D, DOD, it's a DOD 250. Someone bought me a, a tropical shirt cookie coloring kit, and I just realized that behind it, I have a, a, a Electro Harmonics Holier Grail pedal. Which is interesting. I've got the old um, M13, now this is getting boring, why am I just talking about these things? Um, I, it, I don't know why I started talking about these. Oh, yeah, because um, some of these are just so cheap. Like some of them, I'll just skip around. Some of those are so cheap, like this Joyo Vintage Overdrive. It's like a Tube Screamer. Why would I want it? Why would I care about it? Well, um, because it's so cheap, I can't get like even my money back out of it. Um, I have this one-of-a-kind overdrive pedal built by a guy. In, actually, he built these overdrive pedals in the 60s. He's really old now. It's called Friday's Monday. And he approved it and let someone else build another pedal. And I bought it from the guy. It's called the Saberjet F86. And, um, yeah, the Saberjet F86. Someone sent me a Thalia capo. No idea who it was, but thank you if you're listening. No idea who it was. And then I got a bunch of, like, green screamer stuff. Another good uh, green scream or uh, uh, tube screamer type effect, the classic 88 from Dr. Black. Um, yeah, they're cheap. They're good. Dude, I have a Cali 76 sitting right here that I never use anymore because I don't have a pedal board. And I miss it. This is a pedal I miss. I miss it because I remember how excited I was when I got it and how much I loved different settings on it. And here's the thing. I've landed on two settings that I use on my Kemper for a compressor and I don't even touch it anymore. I got um, an EHX white finger, uh, like the big, huge compressor, the big old style. And I have that and I never even use it because uh, I wanted to even try it. And I think I tried it one time and then just put it on the shelf because the Kemper is too good. I guess I'm upset with the Kemper for being too good right now. But I miss pedals. I miss the romance of them. I got all these pedals. I just read to you a bunch of pedals, and I think I skipped. I must have skipped ten pedals at least. Oh, I got a worm up there, an old an old graphic equalizer. I got an East River Drive, which is a great tube tube screamer for the money. A green rhino, way huge green rhino. Uh, a TS nine. Oh, I got an eight hundred eight and a nine. Look at me. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff. And then, oh, I just bought a toaster. I just bought a literal toaster because it looks like a Kemper. You know those green ones that people were posting? I bought one on Amazon. 
because <laughs> it looked cool. I, I had to have it. I was like, oh, shoot, look at this. So I had it in here. My buddy came in the other day, and he's like, what is that? And I was like, that is a toaster. <laughs> but anyway, man, I think the thing is, is like, we all know we're waiting for these for these reverbs. And I have it on good authority. I'm just going to say this. I have it on good authority that that uh, Mr. Kemper may be looking at overdrives after reverbs. And I'm kind of just going, yeah, but I still just want to have stuff that I can plug. Like, I wish I could just get something and put it in my Kemper. Or I wish I had, I, could, I still was really into pedals. So it makes me want to build another rig. And then I start going back to the HX stomp. You know, I start going back there and I start going, HW, this is why you should be doing some IRs. And we are, we're going to be doing some IRs. But if I'm doing those IRs, then it becomes like, hey, let's, let me try to make this HX stomp sound like amazing. Let me make this thing sound tremendous, amazing kind of, you know what I mean? And then that way, People, I could tell people like, look, hey, I'm a big Kemper guy, but if you also just want to maintain a pedal board and you don't want to throw it into a Kemper, check out some IRs we got in case you want to use something else, like an HX Stomp. And I know a lot of people do. See, I look at it like this. I'm, I'm honestly looking at it going, because I traveled with the Kemper before, and it's it's really easy traveling with the Kemper. Like, tra- like just the Kemper head and the remote and a guitar is super easy to travel. I've gotten on an airplane. I can put it in my bag. But if you did want something even smaller... You could put together like a PT Mini, um, you know, and put that HX on there with a delay and then with two overdrives, like a compressor and like a double drive pedal, like a King of Tone, a compressor, and like two things. And that would work, man. I mean, that would really work. Um, and it would be really cool. And I don't know, part of me is just like, man, I wonder if I should, maybe I should just be running a pedal board into my Kemper. By the way, I just read to you all those pedals. I just talked about them. I have a pedal board built, but it's all overdrives. It's all overdrives. I just use it for uh, for profiling. I use it to bring pro, uh, drives into the into the into the um, into the studio for profiling. So I'm kind of like, what should I? How do I get my love of? I miss them. I miss being into pedals. I think I miss buying pedals. Like. I noticed one thing, like here's kind of the thing that's happening. I know that the Kemper should be saving me money, but I don't think it is because even though I stopped buying amps, I actually buy a ton of amps now because I'm profiling them, but now I don't buy pedals anymore. Like I used to like, oh, I'm eyeing this pedal. I want to try this pedal. Listen to this pedal. And like this pedal is going to make me sound this way. This pedal is going to make me, and I wanted to try all these pedals. And I don't do that anymore. So you'd think I'd be saving money. But what's happened is now I'm just focused more on guitars. And because guitars are so much more expensive, you'd think, well, it's fine. If pedals are 200 bucks and the guitar you want is 2000 eventually you would buy 10 pedals, right? Except here's the problem. You would buy 10 pedals, but you'd buy a pedal and then maybe buy another one. And then you'd like, maybe when you were looking at the third one, you'd be like, I'm not going to buy another one because I'm not going to use them both. So I'll sell one of these and get that one. And then you've got like one of your pedals. And then maybe you get a third pedal like overdrive and you're like, I don't use this one that much, but I'm going to keep it. And then maybe you're looking at a fourth and you're like, yeah, okay, I'll just get a fourth. But then when you go look at a fifth, you're like, okay, this one that I wasn't using that much that I said I really like, but I'm not using it. I got to sell that one now. Except here's the problem. I don't do that with guitars. 
I have some guitars that I really haven't been playing in a long time, but they fill a spot and I don't want to get rid of them. Like my PRS single cut, it's a Ted McCarty model um, and it's a 245 and it's it's what I want in a Les Paul, you know? But I don't play that guitar much. But oh well, I still keep it around. So, so what does that mean? Well, it means that... Also, here's the other thing. I just described tying up $200, then $400. Then when you're going to tie up $600, you sell one and maybe get $150 back right? So then you're, and then you're using that 150 towards the next 200. So you're only putting in 50 more dollars. Then you keep going a while. And then, you know, I'm talking about a lot of transactions and a lot of enjoyment that come from something like less than a thousand dollars in pedals, which is pretty easy to do. I mean, you could get, you could have a lot of pedals for a thousand bucks. You could have an, you could, you could pay the used prices for a king of tone, still come out with like an analog delay and a reverb and stuff and, and a, and a board to put it on and maybe one other small thing and you'd still be under a grand. If you're just talking about the normal pedals people buy, not these ridiculous $400 things like I'm describing, I mean, you could get 10, $100, 10 pedals, $100, those more pedals, you, I think you could buy the entire more lineup for less than $1,000. Anyway, my point is, but you can do a lot with a thousand bucks in the pedal market, but man, these guitars tie up some money. And I hate saying goodbye to them. That's why it's like, ah, I don't want to get rid of this pedal, but I want this other pedal. Okay, well, I'll just put a hundred and fifty dollars because that's what I could sell the pedal for. I can put that on the shelf and not feel like I've changed my financial situation that much. Is a hundred fifty dollars going to change your life? No, it's really not. Now you might be saying, HW, come on, hundred fifty dollars might change your life. Some people, some people are struggling out there. Yeah, but you're listening to like a pretty, like, you know, this, is a de- this isn't a dark web podcast. That's something completely different. But this is a deep web podcast. Like you didn't pull up podcasts on your phone and like start looking for podcasts. And it was like, check out Joe Rogan. It was like, check out Adam Carolla. Check out this guy. Check out all these people, right? This podcast isn't recommended by iTunes. You're not accidentally discovering this. I think it's a it's like a prerequisite. If you're listening to this podcast, you have like spent way too much on guitar gear this week. That's right, this week. And uh, so as I'm sitting here looking up at my collection, I'm always thinking, oh, what's the next Sir I'm going to get? Love those Sir guitars. But also I'm looking at it going, love this blue P90 guitar. I bought the gold JM Pro. I love the the blue JM Pro is what I'm talking about. That's my like my main one. But lately I've been playing the Humbucker JM Pro live. And I've been really enjoy- I I love this JM Pro. But here's the thing. I bought this thinking I was going to change the pickups out for TV Jones. And I still want to do that. The problem is I've really started liking these uh, these pickups in here, I've really started liking them. So now I'm looking at this thing going, oh man, well, what am I going to do now? I, I like this guitar too much and I'm playing it and I'm probably going to, I'm going to probably be using both guitars live. I'm probably going to play the humbucker guitar uh, for this recording coming up. But when we go back and redo guitar parts and even layer on some extra ones, 
Um, I'm probably going to use both. Oh, I'm probably going to use both the JM Pro and um, and the other JM Pro. Because the other guy plays a telly. And I like the way these two guitars sound with his telly, the tone he gets and the tone I get. I'm, a, I'm dirtier than him and I'm a lot and I'm fairly bright, but I'm dirtier than him and I'm, and I'm wetter. I'm more wet. And he's, he's, he's a good amount wet, but he's less, less than me. And a little bit, he's just like a little cutting with his tone. So I feel like I have the room to be really aggressive with my tone, really mid-rangey and wet. And he is a little more um, bright and cutting. And it's a very cool mixture of these two guitar sounds. I really enjoy it. He's a little cleaner too. So it's, it's interesting. It's a cool guitar. I'm really the way that I really enjoy playing with this guy. He's, he's a really good player. And uh, it's not all the time you find people that you're like, I, I feel like I play well with you playing. Um, there's this one dude who I just, I'm like, man, He's like the best rhythm guitar player. He always is playing the perfect rhythm stuff for the song. Has great sense of dynamics. Always has the best like paddy tones, you know, like like washy pads and stuff under the guitar. Really great. Really great. But he's working so much. He hasn't been playing a lot with us. But I do miss playing with him too. Um, but he's like purely rhythm. He's one of those guys who's like, you just do everything, dude. I got this rhythm. And he just, he's always there with the band, just so dynamic in his playing and lifting the band and lowering the band, you know, like, and he has great tone, but he's just like, you do the lead stuff. You do all the meatly meatlies. But my buddy, Nick, we're splitting a lot of stuff up and we're doing this one tune. That's kind of like a, um, it's like gospel. It's like R and B. It's totally different thing. And we're, you know, it's kind of a worship song. It's really a Southern gospel song. That's what it is. It's a Southern gospel song called, um, I belong to Jesus. And the chorus is like, oh, hallelujah, oh, bless his name. 10,000 years will just begin my song of praise. Oh, hallelujah, sing it again. I belong to Jesus, I belong to him. But it's sung with, like, that's a white guy singing it. It's so much more soul. Like, it's so, and there's all these pushes in the rhythm and we're just straight up lifting like like R&B licks, you know what I mean? And it's literally the guitar parts, how we've written them, are not anything like a worship guitar part. I'm literally playing like the most comped, sort of like minimalist rhythm while he plays like a little more straight rhythm, but still like very, very, um, very R&B. Like I'm like barely, like for example, he's skipping all the ones. And he's just playing on the three. It, you got, I mean, it, it makes sense. It, it makes sense in Southern gospel. It doesn't make sense normally. But, um, you know, for worship music, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, he's skipping the ones. And I'm, li- and then when he goes into the chords, I'm literally just like playing this little rhythmic, like muted, palm muted riff thing with a chord. And then we both push on the, on the, when it goes to the one chord. Anyway, why am I trying to describe to you music? What This is so stupid. On an audio podcast, I'm deciding to tell you what music sounds like. Okay, what I'm trying to say is, uh, I don't know. I'm talking about guitars. And what I'm trying to say is this. It's, I got, I'm, I got a lot of money tied up in guitars. And like, I don't want to get rid of that JM Pro. I'm really using it and love it. Um, but I got other guitars that are just sitting on the shelf right now that I'm not using, but I don't want to get rid of them either. Some of them like Goldie, like Goldie, I really have Goldie cause I enjoy playing Goldie, but I don't go take my Strat out. And when I do take a Strat, like 
a strat out, I take out my sur strat, which has a humbucker in the bridge. And then I'm hardly taking out this white telly, which I love. So I don't know. I miss pedals, yet I'm so into guitars. And I once have a problem where I feel like I'm not playing these guitars enough. Anyway, is this even a problem? I yeah, I don't think so, actually. It's not a problem. <laughs> Why am I saying it's a problem? It's not a problem that I have like too much stuff sitting around. I There's literally so much gear in this room. I just look down and underneath a case behind a pedal board leaned against a wall, I can see a little bit of orange Tolex sticking out. And I realized, oh yeah, I forgot. That's the orange amp that I did on Profile Crate and I I forgot to sell it. I forgot it was down there. It's like hiding. It's underneath... There's a piano, there's like a keyboard, a Nord keyboard pushed up on the side of it so I can't see it when I walk in the room. Then I got a pedal board case leaning on the front of it, and on top of it is a Kemper case. And I see a little bit of orange Tolex sticking out. I've got amps hiding in this room. We've got beavers outside, we've got amps hiding, we've got extra guitars on the wall. (sighs) It's tough being HW, (laughs) y'all. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I got amps, man, that you guys haven't even seen yet. I have a I have a bad cat amp here that we haven't released yet, and um, it's in Sparkle Tolex. Isn't that awesome? Sparkle Tolex. <laughs> Sparkle Tolex. Anyway, uh, we got some good stuff coming up. Um, I, one announcement I'll make today: Benson Pack Two is coming up. That's right. Bend Sun Pack 2 is on its way. We have one of the amps. I'm getting one more amp, and Bend Sun Pack 2 is happening. It's happening, y'all. It is happening. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Anybody watching wrestling these days? I tuned in, watched a Monday Night Raw, and uh, I, I caught a couple things, and uh, I, I am actually a wrestling fan. I'm, I'm lying right now. Uh, I, I, I usually tune into Raw. But Kurt Angle showed back up, and I love that catchphrase. It's true. It's damn true. I hope damn's not a bad word where you come from. Where I come from, it's where we get our water. And I think it's appropriate seeing as a beaver showed up on the podcast today. I think we're going to call this the damn podcast. The damn podcast, or no, the the damn episode. Um, And I don't know, in the description, HWC's a beaver, talks about tone, and all sorts of things. And I don't know. Alrighty, there was a real beaver in the backyard. I kind of want to go investigate. I didn't even know that that like there was enough water in that creek that a beaver would hang out there. Hmm. Also, do beavers like hang out in snow? Cause it's getting cold here. Like it's not snowing yet, but you know, like it's it's. Well, it's 54 outside. The low is only 47. It's not that cold yet. I'll tell you, I'm glad summer's over. I really am. It's it's been uh it's been a hot summer. All right, that's enough for me now. Next time I'm going to talk about a bunch of I got a bunch of stuff written on this board up here. I got to talk about my 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 uh, lawn care guy, the gardener, he fired me. We're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff in the next episode of Tone Drinking Podcast. This has been a decent one. I'm going to rate myself here. Um, I don't feel fantastic um, about the content. I just put down here. What does that mean? I mean, you know, sometimes I walk away from these things going, that's a 9 out of 10. That is a good one. Good. The, the guitar players were like, I felt really jumbled on this one. I think I'm a little tired. I've been sitting in front of his computer all day. I'm going to give myself a solid 6.5 out of 10. So this one's for the real fans. I think it was cool that we saw Beaver. You didn't see the beaver. I saw the beaver, but, um, you know, it's cool. Anyway, all right, I'm HW. HW, out.